We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Settle back now, content, comfortable, well-fed, and ready for some fine entertainment. Is everybody happy? Then let's go. It's showtime. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. The worst thing I've seen in 30 years. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse Sports Podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So welcome. Happy Thursday. And uh, we're back. Yes, sir. Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Um, Thursday's a good day. Thursday's a good day to do this. You know, you go heading into the weekend, heading into the, the Memorial, weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Four day. Are you off tomorrow? Yeah. No, I work four tens. Oh, no one likes I got a couple it. meetings, no but it. I don't know. I just work from home. Nothing crazy. A couple extra hours. Oh, you know. look at you. Look at you. <laughs> good for you. Oh, good for you. Um, so, anyway. Oh, good for you. And how was it? How's it going to be? It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'll tell you after the four-day weekend. Yeah, well, save it. How about that? So, we got a little... We got a little... Um, little... A little bit of everything, a little bit of everything, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll even talk. We'll even talk off the cuff a little bit. So, um, just a news show. Not nothing real crazy has happened, but um, we're glad to be back. Look, obviously, you know that Armchair Media helps distribute this show around to all of your ears. So, I would like to take a second, give them a shout out. Armchair is a collection of fifty plus podcasts, including ours, obviously. And what they try to do is localize the sports world a little bit more. You can go there. You can find more than just the NCAA. There's hockey. There's baseball. There's football. There's daily podcasts. There's weekly podcasts. There's sporadic podcasts like ours. You can go there. You can check them all out. And we've been with Armchairs since, what, Joe, probably about two years uh, at this point. And we've enjoyed growing our show with them to you. We thank you for helping grow our show. We thank Armchair for helping grow our show as well. Starting June 1st, Bet Online will serve as the title sponsor for Armchair as well as this show. This will open up some possibilities to develop some merchandise lines as well as potential uh, live host events uh, once we return to a sense of uh, normalcy. But um, truth is, we do have a um, merchandise, but I'm the only one that buys off of it. I just created merchandise so I could buy it cheap, but Hey, uh, anyway, uh, obviously we've got NASCAR starting back up, UFC started up, golf is coming back, so BetOnline has hundreds of games and events to bet on. They have live simulated sports events as well. There's a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge you can enter for free. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device and check out the action. BetOnline is your online wagering solution. Now, we will have some sort of promo code or some sort of deal going on. So starting June 1st, we will have that. But you can go, you can check it out. In addition to BetOnline coming aboard, Armchair will serve as the host network for the world's largest skateboarding podcast, The Nine Club, hosted by professional skaters Chris Roberts and Kelly Hart. The Nine Club talks every week with the biggest names in skating. They're on social media at The Nine Club. To see all things Armchair, search Armchair Media wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on Armchair's website, armchairmedianetwork.com. And the handle for their social is at Armchair Media. Armchair Media, those who can do, those who can't, 
take a seat like us. That's right. So, Joe, students are going to be able to return back to... Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of June 1st. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be, students are going to be able to return back to campus June 1st for voluntary workouts. So, that's good. I mean, we lost a, a lot. We lost quite a bit, you know, but... The you know if you're if you're on Twitter and in all this you know that these guys if you follow the recruits and the players they're they're doing their own thing, uh, right. trying to stay in shape and 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 train and whatnot. But um, it'll be interesting to see how many how many of them get back June first to the grind and and want to get yeah. and want to get going. So it's kind of you know things well, sure are slowly going. You would think Especially so, being right? Being in a quarantine, right? Yeah, right. most definitely be unleashed. So <clears throat> I just. Again, it was unfortunate, um, and I don't know if there was some type of rule or something that kind of helped as far as maybe having some 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 type of meetings over the computer, like whether it be Zoom or or whatever, with you know maybe position coaches or coaches. Because I mean, I do believe that their spring got you know got cut pretty short, so I don't even think they had you know they didn't even they weren't even finishing their spring practice, so. Uh, I'd imagine that they probably did get some type of work like that in, but yeah, it's just individual stuff and I'm sure they have a, a playbook, but again, it's just, it kind of sucks because the fact that we have new coordinators, we have a new defensive scheme and, uh, you know, you just, you'd like to have as much time as possible and you'd, you'd like it to be as routine as possible. And, and this has been far from routine. So I hope that, um, that it doesn't come back to bite us. That's for sure. As far as like having some kind of outbreak or well, something. Well, as far as so again, the rule is so June first, um, they can have the voluntary workouts and everything, right? And I know Syracuse University, they've already announced that they're gonna have in person classes and I think that most universities are starting to open it up like that. But I believe the only discrepancy is that they kind of have to make sure that they are abiding by whatever they, that said state and governor, you know, the rules that are put in place for um, for coming back and opening back up, right? So uh, that's probably going to be different depending on obviously what college you go to and um, who knows what happens between then and now if, you know, maybe some states try to stop it or push it back a little bit further. So, um, you know, you just hope that June 1st is the mark and, uh, yeah, I mean – we'll get as much time as anybody else. But again, we're making a, we have a lot of change. So I think it's like we talked about before and in prior podcasts that just not being able to finish the spring and just with all this stuff, that's just not normal. Um, you just hope that it doesn't affect us too much as far as being able to get on the, the same page with the coordinators and be able to come back and have a better season than last year. Well, I mean, and we've talked about this with Tyler in, in, He doesn't. He thinks. He seems to think it's a level playing field, and and that's that's fair. But I just feel like, kind of a team that's kind of behind the eight ball would, like you said, the new coaches and coordinators. It's almost worse for us. Like, I feel like that curve is a little bit more bent for Syracuse football than it is, you know, some of the other programs. But we'll see, and we'll and we'll talk a little bit more about about football here in a little bit. And good news is, is everyone's eligible. I saw from Syracuse.com, everybody from on, in Syracuse's athletic teams met the man. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Well, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. 
Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. APR, which is the academic prog- progress rate. And it, assess- yeah. it assesses how well the schools are keeping student-athletes, you know... Yeah, schooling up and, and whatnot and, and make right. sure they're doing good and getting the right grades and all that stuff. So um, all of that's good for this upcoming season, which means all of the NCAA teams for Syracuse are going to be eligible for the postseason. That's awesome. And in fact, their score of 987 was the second highest market recorded since the NCAA began keeping track of this stuff in 2006. So oh, nice. Good. Yeah. I mean, hey, you get to excel in sports, you got to excel in school, right? At least, at least, yeah. at least keep a, a healthy average. Anyway, um, okay. So there was news about the transfer rule, Joe. So you know, Corona kind of threw a wrench in the transfer rule, and we expected this transfer rule, the no sit uh, transfer rule, to pass. It's the D one waivers rule or D one transfer waiver which is basically saying that, you know, it was going to go through. We we're going to talk about it this year to probably pass for next year, saying that transfers don't have to wait a year to play. So right. there were some concerns. Jim Beheim was in this article. This was also at Syracuse.com. And you don't even have to pay for it. So you can go check it out. You can read it for yourself. It's kind of long, but yeah. we'll kind of sum it up and give you our thoughts step by step as it was written. So, uh, like I said, we kind of expected this to flow pretty pretty good, but obviously we we have a snag, and it's allowed people to think about this a little bit more, right? So yeah. as things got as things got slowed down, so the one of the thoughts behind you know the rule for the NCAA is that they're going to be able to clear some of these waivers that they have. There's 700 D1 college basketball players transferred last year. Seven. That's then, and you got to think about how many applied for waivers. Probably the overwhelming majority, wouldn't you think, Joe? They've got to go through those one by one and accept or decline Mm -hmm. the waivers, right? So that would help the NCAA. But coaches are worried about a couple things. One of them being basically player poaching. Okay, and it's probably somewhat you know happening now, anyway. And you're not supposed to be able to do this, but let's be honest. I mean, you know, coaches do this. And, um, I mean, they think it's going to be more rampant, right? Like, you're basically recruiting from another team. And we'll get into a little Mm -hmm. bit more of that later. But, I mean, they do this now, Joe. I believe it probably will increase, Obviously, since you can get these some of these guys right away. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. all of these are legit arguments, too. I just don't think it's a, they're all legit arguments. I just I'm still stuck in the mud on it. I just I hate the I hate the sit out rule. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I I I think that it's almost necessary. And it's not because of the fact that you know, it's one of those things where eighty five percent of the kids are, are doing the right thing and fifteen percent are and are ruining it for everybody else, exactly. right? And that's yeah. really like kind of the way that I look at it because um there are kids out there that they did get, you know, recruited to a lower school and maybe they hit a growth spurt or they get better. They're better than what they, they thought they were. I mean, look, I mean, Steph Curry went to Davidson, brought him to the Elite Eight, right? Look who he, what he's doing now. So um, that happens. And those kids, you know, if they prove that they're, you know, okay, I'm, I want to advance in competition. I'm better than where I'm at. You know, I think that's legit, right? So, I mean, again, this could still be a base a base to base thing. But, um, when it comes down to that, like, again, you're just talking about just player poaching to where people, kids can just jump to jump to jump, but I they mean, can, they can only transfer once without having to sit out. So if they want to trans, if they transfer once and they can play they're immediately eligible, they want to transfer again. Now they have to sit out a year. Okay. So you can only do it once. 
See, I just think you what you do is you expand you expand basically the waivers as far as what you can Criteria. do. Let there be a, yeah, like if there is a situation where a kid's having a problem with a coaching staff or or something like that, then let there be a waiver that goes with that, right? Like let there be a waiver for you know, if a kid thinks that he's better, you know, can can you look and say, okay, obviously, look at this kid's stats, look at him, he's obviously better than this competition, let's let him go. Like, maybe just up that type of thing, you know. But when you got a kid that just wants to go to a better school because of just the like, my whole thing is basically the whole playing time thing. Like playing time thing, if you're not good enough, that's one thing. But playing time, like just because you're a freshman and you don't want to you know, bust your butt and, and, and wait maybe a year or two before it's your time. Like that's the stuff that's, that, that gets me. It's just tough. It's, it's really, there's no one, there's no one right answer, right? It's all going to be pretty subjective. Right. So, but. well, you kind of touched on this transferring up is another concern. So, um, will it make it worse? I don't even know if it will make it worse. Cause the, the thought behind it is, is, that some of these mid-majors or these smaller schools, they find these diamonds in the rough and then, you know, they, these kids are like, oh, well, I can transfer to, to, you know, wherever Louisville or, you know, UVA. I mean, you see a lot of them right now. I know, but they got to sit out. So obviously with the, you know, so not as many kids do it. Right. So it deters so a them a little kids bit. Would do it. Yeah, obviously. And you got these coaches in D one AA or or these mid major schools and they're busting their butt trying to they, they find this guy, this diamond in the rough, and they're like, Oh, well, it's just gonna I'm just gonna lose him now. You know, right. we're gonna be crap. We had this star player and now he's gone to Duke. You know? Yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, you have a lot of guys that come from those type of schools that make that make pretty good livings in the NBA and they can go overseas and make pretty good livings. I mean, there's a lot of players like that. So, uh, I mean, you don't necessarily have to do that. And by having that set out rule, then that at least allows them to basically, if you're going to go transfer up, then you're going to have to think about it because you have to sit a year. Right. Right. But that's the question is, is like, did you punish a kid because he's better than the competition? No, that's what you know, all of these rules maybe do he is was, punish the kids, though. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not because they found a diamond in a rough as much as the kid had a three, four-inch growth spurt and ended up becoming a monster, put on 40 pounds, 30 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff does happen. Uh, so. And, and what about, like, what about, you know, you've got, um, you know, you got Duke. Duke, I mean, Duke's bench is deep. Let's be honest. You know, there's a lot of star players on. Let's just use Duke because Syracuse.com used them, and it's an easy example, and everybody can understand. Right, 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 right. Taking taking the the eighth man or the tenth man off the Duke bench, now he can transfer down. So you've got yourself. You know, I mean, I don't know how often that happens, but you could do it. I mean, it would make that easier too. So, I mean, again, that happens. You see that. I mean, even with Syracuse, we've had some of those. So um, a lot of times, if you don't get the playing time that you think you – I mean, look, we just had three transfers this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some Gideon's, good Gideon's kind of a, a lateral move. We still haven't seen really where Jalen Carey's going, but, I, I mean, I doubt that Howard Washington's probably not going to be a lateral move. That's probably going to be transferring down to get playing time. So that happens a lot, too. Yeah, and you so, got yourself some good players in those two guys. Well, I don't think Carey, but I mean, well, who knows? I don't know. But I mean, you still, either way, you got two good players right there. Two good right. players that have not been picked up. They're still in the transfer portal, and and they're and they're there for the picking. Right. So yeah, I and mean, in, my, in my opinion, players like them in their situations, I think that they should have to sit out a year. Well, explain. That's that. just my opinion. What? What Pete guys leaving for playing time? Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you determine? Instead you know, of being okay for, with, yeah, with I them. know. I, well, how do you? Le- well, okay, yeah. I mean, it's obvious, but what if they're like, oh no, I'm not leaving for playing time. I'm leaving for X. You know, like if that's the rule. Like if you're leaving for playing time, you got to sit out of here. Well, they'll just find another reason. They'll just skirt around it. It's not going to be right. I mean, there's always yeah. Again, it's not going to. It's always going to be subjective. So right, it's very exactly. difficult to so, one way or another. Well, it's like with the transferring up thing. You could just say, okay, well, if you're going to transfer up, you do have to sit out of here. Like that could be a rule. But I think that's dumb. 
that, that I think it's stupid to only let them, you know, the D1. Yeah, school. but there's a lot of things that you can investigate, right? Like, how many reasons can you really, like, want to transfer that's going to be legitimate to the NCAA? I mean, there's always there's the, the moving closer to home yeah. because of medical situations and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? There's... And there's academics, which obviously you can you can't hide because it's there. If you have problems with the coach, all you have to do is go talk to the coaches, right? NCA calls the coaches. Do you have a problem with this guy? No, I don't have a problem with him. He's just a whiner because he doesn't get playing time, <laughs> right? Like I'm not saying I'm no right. specific. I'm just no, saying I, like I, you know I'm that's following. just a, yeah, yeah. So again, uh, I mean, there's not too many things because coaches are honest with these guys too. They're they're, they're going to be a like, look. You know, we can try to hook you up here, but I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not going to get any playing time. They're honest with certain certain guys. Sure. Like, honestly, I think that was probably a conversation that was with Howard Washington. But in the in his heart of hearts, he knows that Jalen Carey and Bryson Goodine could help us. Yeah, right? I believe so. Right. It just yeah. comes down to the situation. Those were playing. Time. They see totally. Joe Girard and Buddy Bayheim and how many minutes they're getting, and they don't see it changing. Therefore, they took it in their own hands. Because yeah. they're not okay making a, and, and, and a living me, off the bench, which I, I mean I can understand, but it's a legit excuse to me. It comes down to hey, that's a life decision, and there's nothing you can do about it. You work hard, and you you try to compete to become just as good as him, or you got to sit out a year. Or I mean, well, I mean, I, just, mean, I think it's legit, and and like we we're saying, you know, you do it, you can only do it once, so you better make the right decision the first time if you got to do it. I mean, limiting it to one time is is going to. It's going to be an influx of those cases, but it's just going to be the same after that. I mean, you know, or even if it was a situation, maybe you change it to where it's like, uh, oh boy, as long as it's within the first two years, right? Okay, that's a good one. If it's in the, I like that. If it's if if it's within the first two years, you can immediately yeah. transfer. Okay, I made a, I made right. a mistake. Right, and and I think that I think there's something mentioned. Or sorry, that. did I say that backwards? It no. could even go backwards. No, within the first two, I think would make more sense than the last two. Should know by the last two, shouldn't you? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, after two years, if you, yeah. No, I, think I mean, I guess it's what I think you said it right. I agree with that. Well, it could go either way, depending on what well, side you can make of the a case for you e- look e- either way. Sure, yeah. Because you could look at it like, well, you could look at it like, hey, go play there for two. You you wanted to sign, go play there for two years. If you want to transfer within those two years, you got to sit out a year. If you go those two years, and then after two years you realize, eh, this place isn't for me, then you can transfer without sitting out. Or if you were recruited, you, get, you and, gave it a go, right? Or if you were recruited and you were like, you know, you're we're going to get you some guaranteed playing time. We're gonna this, this, and this. This is what we our plans are for you. And in the first two years, that doesn't happen. You, sh- right. you should still be able to go, right? I mean, that's the other side right. of the argument. That's so. why I said it's both. Yeah, exactly. It's always going to be subjective. That's why I don't think there's a right answer. I really don't. I just think it's one of those things where... And, and this is why we're having this conversation is because these are, right. the, the, these are the, the issues that they're bringing up. And yep. really, it's still no matter what, it's subjective. So really, at the end of the day, it's only hurting the players. And here's another one. It was um, talking about coaches affecting recruiting because basically that... Um, you've got these high school seniors that are competing for other high school seniors for scholarships, but now what they're going to be doing is they're going to be competing with all of D1 for scholarships coming out of high school as a senior. So is it going to uh, really affect recruiting that much? I mean, like, I, of course, I think it'll affect it a little bit, but at the end of the day, you could still find a st- if you're good enough, you're going to find a spot to land, you know, yeah. and get a scholarship. Yeah, that's... A lot of times that works the the, the reverse way because a lot of times there's like they have the recruits that know where they're going before the transfers at the end of the season and all that like actually figure stuff out or the graduate transfers, right? So usually it's the other way around where the transfers kind of wait for the chips to fall, unless right. you're getting recruited as a transfer, right? You already put yourself in the portal and the team's going to recruit you as like one of their recruits, right? Yeah. And they just don't see anybody in the high school re- recruiting pool that they're interested in. But when it comes to graduate transfers and some of those other guys, a lot of times they wait to see where the cards fall as far as recruiting and all those five stars, you know, the players that are assuming they're going to go and just start right away. Then they pick their schools. So a lot of times it goes the other way around. But if they change the rule and it's a free for all 
then yeah, it's a hundred percent going to change the recruiting. Well, um, you know what Jim Beheim does is in 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 this is already going on. Some of these some of these coaches, especially during all of the sanctions and stuff, you know, you you leave a couple of those a couple of those scholarships open if you can to to get that grad transfer to fill holes where you need to be filled and stuff like that. So there's always you, you always high school seniors are always competing for D one. Uh, scholarships yeah. uh, with other right. with our with people already playing ball in the NCAA, yeah. so that's always been a thing. Well, and there's always going to be concerns too, because again, when you bring that up, it's like, yeah, if there were situations where you didn't have to sit out, then there'd be a whole hell of a lot more kids from the lower schools just going leaving because a lot of them probably stay because it's like uh, I'm not trying to sit out a year. Right. So, well, right. That's what we talked about. And they, it's a deterrent from some of those mid major. Yeah. Schools. I mean, you get a kid that, that doesn't turn into a star in a low level mid major conference until like his third year, then he's not going to go train. I mean, most of them aren't going to go transfer and wait another year. But if you make, you know, the wild, wild west out there where these big power five schools can just pick and pluck all these guys from the lower mid major schools, I mean, there's a lot of mid major schools, man, compared to how many power five schools. So, um, that would definitely, I mean, again, you can look at a devil's advocate is that now you're going to take away the normal D one scholarships, the kids that would be going to these power five schools. Now those kids are actually going to trickle down to the mid major schools. Well, well it's so almost like it's almost, it might help a situation where it helps mid major recruiting. It's almost like the they minor might lose leagues some of their for, superstars, but they're getting better recruits. Right. And it's like the minor leagues for, for division one. It's like, well, we could, but it, we could, right. We could go ahead and just scout right. mid-major schools for a year, and and, we'll and that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and it's going to happen. And then a mid-major school would never be able to just like build up a team to where like it most of be, them are seniors, and they can make that run maybe in a tournament, be, right? As seniors, right? That, that's where you see those teams. You're going to have a lot of giants to kill, and that's how it's going to be. But, with a bunch of young, maybe better recruits, but younger players, then they're going to realize that they're better than the further competition, and then they're just going to go straight up, like you said. Yeah. Um, it would definitely, I mean, that's pretty much what this whole article is about, right? Is that, oh, you, we're going to groom these three-star guys that would normally go to you guys, three, four-star guys, just so that you can come and fuck them a year or two once they groom and, and become a, a guy that's ready to start for you in Power 5. Right. Basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already happens now, but like we said, you know, you have to sit out of here. So, well, um, that deters tough. a lot this, of it. I this, guarantee th- it. That is the toughest one for me to justify because I don't want to see schools get hurt. Obviously, you you want you want the UMBCs. Oh, you need the Cinderellas, bro. Yeah. So it it that's that's the that's a real all of these arguments are legit but that one to me is the biggest one of these but here here's one too and coach says um it's about academics coach says quote it's been proven that when you transfer and play right away you lose credits and you don't graduate on time almost everybody that transfers loses 12 15 18 credits so that's what coach coach Beheim said now you know, you still have. We just talked about the the academic progress rate, the APR, and you still have that in place. But you know, you don't want to hurt someone's you know academics and guys just getting acclimated and having to work harder to get their academics up, and you know, probably having to work harder to be you know a player on the team and this and that. So it it can be difficult. Now I didn't know about that. I never even thought about that. So, I mean, it's another issue. You don't want to hurt these guys. But at the end right. of the day, you make your own decisions. Yeah. So, it, it, and I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh about this, but if you don't graduate on time because you play right away, I mean, you can sit out a year if you want. You don't have to play right away. Right. So, it's kind, of like a, it's kind of like your own decision you make, in my opinion. That's the way I justify yeah. it. So, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I just again, I I look more at the recruiting than the whole the APR academic that kind of stuff. I mean, you're sitting out, but you're still going to school, you're still taking classes. But I do understand that you have the the periods where you know you kind of got to make that transition and you lose a chance to be able to get some of those credits. And I think that's what he was alluding to. But um, 
I just don't, again, I'm all down with understanding the whole trying to, trying to make something better, right? Like, you know, okay, we have this process. Let's try to make it better. Uh, in this situation, again, with the way the NBA is right now, taking away the one and done rule and, or like not, again, not, not allowing them right. to go straight from high school. Sorry. Right. Um, we talked about it, about how there was going to be a trickle-down effect to where now you have these guys that would normally go, and it was a handful, not a lot, but over time we've seen, I mean, that's what allowed the UMBC to beat Virginia, and you've seen these mid-major schools be able to to get a lot better and be able to compete better and make further runs in the, the tournaments. I mean, some of the last NCAA tournaments are some of the best in recent memory, so uh, that's, that's allowed that. And a change to this rule would would change that would change everything would change the way that that everything is as far as is, is college basketball i mean i don't know what kind of fan and again i mean fans they can think their own way because obviously this is a fight between ncaa and the schools and the players so who cares what the fans think right but i mean what would an ncaa tournament be without cinderella's it would be it, it it would suck to watch a game and go oh yeah it's gonna be a they're gonna stomp them yeah it's boring. That's, yeah, because you. Well, I mean, yeah, people they fill out brackets, they cheer for the brackets, but realistically, if, I mean, if you're a fan, a true like a diehard fan, like you are cheering for your team, and then but you're pretty much for every you other want small all the school. Other, <laughs> every other small school <laughs> yeah. you want to win. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill patio sunset. Hard to get better than that, unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And exactly. all the way to 16s, even yeah. though how unrealistic as it was until right. it happened. Right. But that's how it is. And if your team doesn't make the NCAA tournament, then you're in there. Still rooting for still, the small if you're teams. You're a big fan, and you want all the yep, all the upsets, right? Yeah. So, well, the upsets are one of the want. most. That's the the upsets are the are, it's the the first two days. That's the best part. It's the best part. Oh yeah. I mean, but I, then when you get those mid majors that go to the sweet, they're like the elite eight. They go to the sweet sixteen, and then they still they keep it going, right? Like those type of stories. That that's what makes it great too. And we've been able to see those those teams have better chances to do that in recent years because of what how, what the rules are now. So I mean, I guess at one point 
I mean, this, this At is... At what point do you... I don't know. I, I know, but I mean, it, well, this is a whole nother conversation, but you brought it up. The, the, you know, and I haven't heard much about this anymore, but the, um, the one and done stuff, I mean, they should just let, if they're talented enough, they should just let them go. It would eliminate yeah. a little bit of this to, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to go hand in hand with this. It would eliminate a little bit of the, a little bit of what we're talking about. It would, it would weaken the blow a little bit to some of these issues. So anyways, you can check that out over at Syracuse.com. So this, I don't, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know who wrote it. My bad. I didn't look. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) my bad. I meant to look and I didn't. So on to some, (laughs) on to some football news, (laughs) on to some football news, folks. Uh, a little bit here. Uh, Juan Wallace, a linebacker for Syracuse. He's um, been there the past two years. Uh, he is going to enter the transfer portal. Speaking of yeah. transfer portal. So mm-hmm. we wish him luck, Joe. Uh, you know, you and I talked about this the other day, and you basically said, you know, there's two reasons, pretty much, mostly, two main reasons why you transfer. So... Well, yeah. I mean, in this situation, it's it's basically you've been there two years. Uh, the last depth chart, he was nowhere to be seen, and we just happened to change our defensive scheme as far as defense goes. De- different defensive coordinator, everything like that. So, um, it's either uh, a, a situation where he just doesn't think he's going to get the playing time, and he wants to to go somewhere to get the playing time, or. Uh, it's just not a good fit for the scheme, you know, our scheme, our new defensive scheme. So, uh, only time will tell. We'll wait and see where he goes. You know, if if he transfers, maybe down low, goes to the MAC or something like that, then maybe it was, you know, for playing time, and he just wants to go and get his playing time. And if he ends up making a lateral transfer to a Power Five school, then we know that it was scheme. So, only time will tell. But again, I mean, I'm excited about the. The linebackers that we had last year, our freshman class, and, and getting a year in. So uh, I think uh, this new defensive scheme is perfect for them. I think that they'll make mistakes, but this guy's going to unleash them, and I think that they're going to surprise some people. Yeah, well, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, I don't want to so, get people's, you know, get people's hopes up again. They're going to be sophomores. So, like, again, yeah, like you I said, gotta, there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. But you Remember our predictions and everything from last year? I was like, 10 and, ten and 2. Ten and two, baby. Yeah, yeah let's go. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So some more, some more sad news. Some sad news, folks. And um, you know, Syracuse was pursuing. Uh, they were pushing pretty hard for uh, Riley Leonard over the past couple months, like two months. And yeah. uh, he's a six foot four hundred and ninety pound dual threat prospect from Alabama. Uh, he received offers from Nebraska and Vanderbilt, Tulane, and Southern Miss. He's a quarterback, and he chose Duke. He chose Duke. And honestly, I mean, Joe and I talked about this yesterday on the phone, and I just don't care. I, I know I saw I saw like especially on Facebook, you know, on the article. Oh, Syracuse can't recruit. And it's like who cares? Who cares? What we we just went through the whole Tommy DeVito is the new football god in Syracuse like a year ago. And now we're already um, upset that we didn't get this, this guy. Look, I do think, I do think that they, they, they need next year. They need a quarterback. They need to recruit a quarterback for the 2021 class. In my opinion, Joe. Well, I mean, usually they say that you got to get a quarterback every year. Um, It's definitely tough when you basically have a starter like this that is pretty much entrenched well, f- in the starting position, right? I mean, it, yeah. I don't there's going there's nobody on the roster that's going to compete with this guy. And I'm not saying that to, you know, down DeVito. Down any of these quarterbacks, but um DeVito is far and away the the best quarterback. He's going to be the starter as much as the fans they don't want to hear it. Um like you said, it's funny. It wasn't it funny the the Tommy DeVito ride that we've went on since yeah, you know from, recruitment from, and uh, the elite the elite yeah you know being in that quarterback camp and being one of the better quarterbacks going up to a four star 
And and some Still people have been pretty consistent on it. There's been some very consistent people that I know personally and that I know listen to this show. Came in for Dungy, and people are saying that he should have started over Dungy. North Carolina game. Oh my gosh! Remember? Look, let's let's go back. I'm old enough to remember when you and I came on here and said, you know, I think it's time for for Devito to start. Remember? Florida State second half. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I mean we we did it we did it and and I I it's not that I regret it but I was wrong I was wrong Tommy DeVito oh, we should definitely not definitely were oh yeah totally. we ate crow we ate crow we ate crow we sure. did we did and yeah. you know look I I think just give it time on the quarterback thing we got two years left at DeVito it's very important I think to get someone coming in next year you don't want to get like some green thumb coming in on yeah you know on, yeah you uh, never you never really know i mean i know we got david summers uh he was a freshman last year and then the two guys we got coming in i, mean, I know the one guy is kind of a you know un unpolished kind of project and then the quarterback from uh texas there who put up those big numbers um i mean oh, we brought right. in guys guy, so you, yeah. you never know right right but um yeah, you always kind of want to try to get some type of quarterback in every class just to you, – you never know. Again, when when it comes to recruiting, sometimes you get them in there and, and they just end up being something that you just didn't see. So, um, But, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a difficult situation because this is a situation where you'd love to have like an upperclassman or like somebody like maybe the same age as DeVito is like right there for like a backup. I mean, I guess Rex Culpepper's there. So hopefully he can definitely be somebody that can be counted on because, you know. Well, that's the worst and, part, right? Like who's Tommy's backup? Right? Well, yeah, because every year we've had to count on a backup, right? I mean, yeah. even last year, Clayton Welch. I mean, wasn't yeah. that was a wild ride for, <laughs> yeah, well, for that one game, a couple, couple of games. games yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get a couple good yeah. runs and then it just passes into the turf and then a bomb for a touchdown i know it was, it was like just, 96 was yards right who was that too again who was that who the heck was that and the crazy Tristan thing Jackson, taj harris taj harris and that's the, right yeah and the crazy thing is <laughs> is that there was people starting calling for clayton welch to start over time i know it's cr- i know we are uh, uh, the the syracuse fan base is just great they're great it's all over the place man i know it's so crazy it's, it's as just, emotional as it gets yeah all right, so our good buddy Tyler, Joe, sent a uh, tweet yeah. to our um, our group chat today, our group text today, that I thought was worth mentioning real quick from at a David Hale joint, David Hale. And he says, so is there hope for Syracuse? We're talking about football. I'd say there's actually reason for lots of enthusiasm. The Orange will return four likely starters, Cervais, Davis, uh, Vortello, and Bergeron. Um, but these guys were only on the field together for just 38% of the snaps last year. So um, if you look at this, he puts this little chart up between these four guys, Bergeron, Davis, uh, Verterello, and Cervais, and he's got, so they're on the field for 30% of the time, right? And he's got this broken down into three, two categories, all on the field together or any one of them not on the field, okay? So pressure. On the field together, 23.7% of the time. Any one of them not on the field, 33.4% of the time. An increase of hmm. 10%, which is equals 29% of what it had. So, uh, which I won't get into that third column, but you just get the raw numbers, which you, yeah. can, you can understand it easier that way anyway. So, that's pretty big. That's really big, actually. Uh, yards to drop back. All on the field... Drop back 6.24 yards. Any one not on the field, only 5.36 because he's probably going down or <laughs> being pressured. For being, being pressured. Running exactly. for his life. Right. Um, uh, on rushing, uh, on the field, uh, 3.03. And any one not in the field, 2.1. But here's the, here's the big one. First down uh, yards rushing. All on the field, first down yards rushing, all on the field, 6.04. Any one of them not on the field, 3.48, almost double. Very, well, it's close, but it's quite a big of a difference when you talk about oh, yards yeah. on first down. So um, a lot of reason for 
you mentioned this, you touched on it earlier about the line and how it, it is, there is reason that, you know, you don't want to be too optimistic, but there is reason for excitement. And uh, based on this, I mean, look, I'm a stat guy, man. This, this stats are facts. Okay. Plain and simple. And it's right there. So, yeah. And that's kind of where I was going with, with that as far as the line. I know I was talking about the linebackers a little earlier and, and when it comes to the line, getting um, all those guys back, I think you saw a difference when, when those guys were on there. When we got rid of Alexander and we kind of moved our line around and brought in Bergeron, uh, you saw a difference in the running attack. And obviously with those numbers, I mean, it pretty much speaks for itself. But I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure Mo Neal had the last three games of the season, I think he had 100 yards in each one of those games. Yeah, he did so, really good in those games. That was when he was, he was closing in on the 1,000. Yeah, That's yeah, we were yeah, we were rushing. I mean, our rushing yards per game just increased tremendously when we made that move, and it made a lot of fans and people wonder why we didn't make it earlier, and and why we went the way that we did. Again, it might just be something in well, we hindsight. Had, we had that's Ryan easier Alexander to say, right? in there, right? I mean, huh? you had Ryan Alexander in there, and he was. I mean, you know, grad transfer, and he was getting some of the time, and it, and that yeah. stuff didn't happen until things got shuffled around, injuries and him leaving yeah. and stuff like that. So, right. Um, well, sadly, I mean, I guess it just came down to to that realistically, because the other guy that's not in there is Evan Adams, who was a three year starter. He's senior last year. He graduated. So, um, he actually, I think got picked up as an unsigned free or undrafted free agent from Baltimore. But uh, oh, good. But the other four starters are the ones that, that are that are mentioned in this graph. I mean, when they had Alexander in there, I mean, it was nothing. But it just you remember, everybody remembers how bad and bad it looked in the beginning and and even through the middle of the year. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> we make a change and he leaves and we see a difference. So again, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But it just gives me a little bit more hope than previous and especially considering that you know even though the last three games went the way that they went and and as far as rushing and in the line still didn't make a bowl game and you know that there was still a lot of like oh Syracuse's offensive line so there's going to be a lot of pressure and a lot of those guys are going to be hungry to come out and prove that they aren't who a majority of last year's offensive line looked like yeah I think if so, anything it's going to be you know I think the cohesion, which Tyler talks about a lot, starts there. And I think yep. it's a good start last three games of the season, like you mentioned. And I never knew those numbers. And it, you saw it with your own eyes, but you didn't really know it. Look at it broke down and it helps. So, right. yeah, that's the that's the, the glimmer of hope right there. It right. was our biggest problem last year. It is a glimmer of hope. These guys are, are, are a year more experienced coming into this year so not for anything i mean yeah. it's got to make you feel good well so. i mean you look at those numbers and you wonder if you just started out the season with that lineup do you make a bowl game right like oh yeah it's a good point does does mo neal get a thousand yards and, does, and does tyler not lose that does. Right. <clears throat> yeah he probably does you're absolutely right i mean that's just it's one of those things in hindsight it's always easier to say and in the in the moment, getting that graduate transfer, it looked like the right thing to do, but it just never really grew in or blossomed into anything. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anyways, um, there it is. And also, what was I going to say about? My, oh, we, well, obviously, you'd say, well, we'll just rush on first down every time. Well, obviously, sometimes people will catch on to that eventually, but no, well, yeah, um, this was. But that's pretty really, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um, so I did put out, we did table the, um, so we did table the, who is on your Syracuse football Mount Rushmore. And I just thought about this, Joe. So do you want to go over a couple of them? We we didn't, we didn't have time. We didn't have time with James to do the fan feedback on the basketball one. So let's just go over a couple of these. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Um, first, do you want to give ours first or do you want to? This one was a little tough and it's still a little tough. It's more of a favorite. Well, not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What it's mine tough. Is. Mine's messy. 
I don't I don't know. I can't explain it as well as I can the basketball one. Uh, at let's see. Oops. Oh boy, I'm doing this. Well, We're doing it live. Mine. We're doing it live. Hold on. At Matt underscore Sherman fifty two. Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, and Waterboy. That doesn't count. You can't say the Waterboy. So Tony's on the list. Adam there. Sandler. <laughs> Our boy Tony. Uh, let's yeah. see. Uh, at JSU twenty three thirteen. Jim Brown, McNabb, Ernie Davis, and Eric Dungey. Now I know that we talked to we talked to, <laughs> we talked to um, Giovanni and Eric Dungey is Giovanni's favorite player because this is he got to watch him for the past four yeah. years and he's only what sixteen so since he was like twelve right or something or before yeah. that right yeah no, that's like about that, yeah. right that's about right so you know that's when you kind of develop that you know what I'm saying it's like you know the, for me it was like Marvin Graves I loved Marvin Graves it was great you know and then then come along McNabb. And you're like, yeah. whoa. McNabb was me. Yeah. I remember yeah, right, Marvin right. Graves. But. Yeah. Yeah. McNabb was you. Um, so it's a good list. That's a good list. At Nicole M66, Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, both old school, Don McPherson, uh, and Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney's a good one. Um, I had yeah. I had Dwight Freeney on mine, too. Just uh, just so you know. And we'll go over that in a second. Uh, at... E.S. Zombeck at E.S.M. E.S. Zombeck Brown, Davis, Little, McPherson. So, a lot of lot of old school there. So, mm-hmm. a lot of old school, and then you throw in McPherson on that. Okay, I mean the old school, like like Floyd Little, McPherson, or excuse me, Floyd Little. You know Jim Brown, obviously. I mean I don't know how you do this without putting Jim Brown on there. You know, but. Oh, Jim Brown and Ernie Davis. And Ernie Davis. Like, I mean, they they almost have to be there. Ernie Davis, first yeah. black Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, I mean, I'll just deal. give you mine. <laughs> you want to, Jim so Brown. Bad. Jim Brown, Ernie, Ernie Davis, Davis, Donovan McNabb, Dwight Freeney. No, Donovan McNabb, Don McPherson. Oh, really? And I did, yeah, and I didn't get, well, yeah, because it wasn't, that was the year where, didn't we like win the national championship? We were like, Tied or for in fifty two, we had an undefeated <laughs> season or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And Don McPherson was second in the Heisman voting. So yeah, and it was Tim Brown that beat him, right? Wasn't yeah, it? I believe so. Yeah, Tim Brown, longtime Raider, love some Tim Brown. Anyway, he came from oh what? Uh, what was Notre, it? Notre Dame. Dame? Yes, Notre Dame. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So so mine were <clears throat> my. Yeah, mine, it, it was, it was, this was tough. But, so I only went one old school one, okay? I know, it's tough though, it limits you, man. It really limits like, you. Like again, that's why you got to put parameters on it. My right, lifetime so I tr- or history, that changes everything. Okay, well, see, mine's already changed since we started this, to be honest with you. Of course. I love McNabb, dude. I did. I I got to put McNabb on there. Plus, for what he did after in the NFL, dude, I mean, you don't got to sell me. I had him on uh, mine too. Okay, okay. And then <laughs> I loved Marvin Harrison, dude. Marvin Harrison was great. And plus, what he did after the fact in the NFL, um, I don't. I'm see, not basing it off the fact in the I, NFL. I but, I, I know, I know, but he was huge for Syracuse too. I mean, you know, it was in it, I have to base it off of the NFL just a little bit because when you see a Syracuse player succeed like those two did in the NFL and Dwight Freeney. Yeah. It's hard not to just kind of glom onto that. We have to remember too, we were like an option team run team. I mean, there's a reason why Ryan Nassib and Eric Dungy and some of these recent receivers have a lot of these, I mean, these records because we didn't, I mean, yeah, there was huge plays, but it was option, option, run, run, option, option, play action, boom, big play. Like, yeah. And great, great defense. That's what we were. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marvin Harrison went on to just have a huge career. Well, yeah, I mean, he had crazy. He had Peyton Manning in a crazy offense, but it was something yeah. completely different. Yeah, yeah. He didn't put up any type of. I mean, he put up good numbers at Syracuse, but I think Alec Lemmick passed him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's. It was we were a run team. Like our passing and receiving stats, like they. I, lo- I love how Joe crazy. interrupts my my Mount Rushmore to just oh, ramble God. on, like just you know. Like it's no big deal. Like, 
I let him do his, and then I start to do mine, and he's got to like criticize it and tell me that mine's inferior to his, and no, just go on a tangent about how why why mine's saying. why mine's oh, not as Lord. good because if I put Marvin Harrison in there, you know, it just doesn't count because he was just a big play guy once in a while, and so you know, I don't even want to finish now. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> 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 no, look, Donovan McNabb. I was really torn on I, I got to go Ernie Davis over Jim Brown for the reason I mentioned earlier. I mean, just ground banking, and we don't know what he would have done. Just Jim Brown should have won the Heisman. I agree with that, too. I agree with that, too. Jim Brown, Donovan McNabb, Marvin Harrison, and I went the white Freeney, too. So, no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. We both picked oh, now it's good. four. No, it's good. No, it it was good. I'm just, I'm just playing. With I'm you. just letting well, you know we picked different Mountain Rushmores based off different criteria. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. So that's not. I know, Joe. Joe, stop doing this thing with your hand, okay? <laughs> Cut it out. Okay. Um, do we want to go over more of these? And we're good. We're good. There's so many. You guys did a good job. Appreciate you participating. There was a ton of them. So, um, and I didn't even get to the. I didn't even get to the. Uh, but they, they went a really long time on Twitter with no Marvin Harrison mentions. A little disappointed. So I had to say something. I jumped on there and said something. All right, last question, Joe. This is it. <laughs> Let's wrap up the show with this, okay? Oh, wait. No, not the last question. Well, yeah. Is, is a hot dog a sandwich? I had this argument at work today. I'm very serious. I'm very serious. Because if, if you think about it, if you think about this, this is a real thing. You know, I'm sure you've heard the it argument. All I've heard it, and it all depends on if you want to be technical based upon the actual definition. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got another. Well, okay, or technical on what kind of hot dog? Because if you, if you do the Hoffman mm. hot dog in the natural casing, you can't make that a sandwich unless you slice it up. Like you could slice it up and make it a what sandwich. You you, what are you talking about? You can't make it a sandwich. It's a hot dog. If you put a hot dog on a bun, okay? See, everybody wants to get into semantics with me at work. Take a hot dog, any hot dog. You put it on a bun. You put some relish, some ketchup, and mustard on it. I don't know why you'd put ketchup on it, but some people do. If you do that, that's a hot dog. It's not a sandwich, okay? Plain and simple. So everybody's got... Why? Because it's a hot dog. That's why. Okay? You call it a hot dog. You don't call... A ham sandwich, a ham. Okay? It's a ham sandwich. You don't call it a hot dog sandwich. It doesn't, it's not supposed to go on bread, even though my mom was, we weren't fortunate enough as children to always have buns. So I did the diagonal on the bread, on, you know what I'm saying? To get them right, you know what I'm saying. But the definition about. of a sandwich is. Oh, now Joe, food. Joe has Joe has went to the Google machine an and now looked this of up. Food consisting of two pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or other filling between them, eaten as a light meal. Bro, a bun should be one piece. If you have a two-piece bun, then there's your first problem right there. Uh, dude, split tops. I mean, hello. What? I, I don't understand. Why do you have two pieces of a bread for a bun? That doesn't even make sense. How do you eat a, a hot dog in a bun that is broken too? Why would you do that? Nothing. He's I got don't nothing. Know. It's crickets. It's got- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it, it, the way you look at it, it looks like a sandwich, right? It looks like two pieces. Yeah, but it's not. It shouldn't be. Yeah. See? So you agree. Do you, you consider a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. Anyone who says otherwise needs to look at a hot dog turned sideways. Sideways? Sideways. <laughs> look at it side. Why do I have to look at it from a specific angle to make it a sandwich? Okay. Well, You've how about got this? a lot is of a, criteria. But what about a sub? A sub is a sandwich. Or a sub. I can go but either way on that. Thi- I don't care. I'm not that passionate thing. about that. I'm not that passionate. Okay, but look. Wait, it's not out, the though. same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Mean? And here's why. Time out. What do you mean Bro, why? You go to Subway. Because- go to Subway. Go to Subway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you have this piece of bread that flaps like this. It's just a giant hot dog bun it's- with meat and cheese in it. Subway cuts their bread all the way through. No, it's not two pieces, bro. No, it's not. <laughs> no, they don't. 
It's a sub. A sub's a sub then. Right, I'm fine oh, with that. A sub's a sub. A sub's a sub. A sub's a I'm sandwich. Fine. Okay, fine. It's a sandwich. I don't care. So if that's a sandwich, then a hot dog's a sandwich. No, wrong. I don't put lettuce on my hot dog. You don't lettuce isn't a prerequisite for a sandwich. It kind of Sean. is. It kind of is. No, it's not. Meat, so you cheese, think a, boom, done. You you think a hot dog is a sandwich? Yes. You do. Are you hold on a second though? Do 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 you really think that? Or are you just saying that because I said a hot dog is not a sandwich, and you're just trying to be you, how you always are to me? Just just disagree. No. Um... No, yeah, I, think, little, I think you had to think about a, that. You had to think, think about if, that. No, I think if you look at a sub sandwich and how it's it's a one piece, it's basically a giant hot dog bun. So if that's considered a sandwich, but what's then in a hot it? Dog's considered but what's in it? You can take a hot dog bun and you can put turkey and cheese and lettuce in it, and that's a sandwich. But just I because agree. you put a hot dog in it, now it's not a sandwich. Yeah, it's a hot dog. Oh God. If you oh take God. if you take a hot dog bun and you put turkey and cheese and lettuce and mayonnaise in it, is it what's called a Reuben? A, is it called a turkey? What's a Reuben? A sandwich. A they don't call sandwich. it the Reuben sandwich. The hell they don't. I don't call it the Reuben. I don't call it a Reuben sandwich. What kind if of I menu? Go order it, can I get the Reuben? I don't say the Reuben sandwich. Look at a menu once in a while. They do say I, the Reuben. So what? It's still yeah. a sandwich. It's two pieces of bread. So why it's can't your definition. Hey, it's your definition. I'm using your definition. I'm just Two saying, pieces of bread. You can literally use a hot dog bun to make a sandwich, but just because you put a hot dog in it, now it's not a sandwich? Yes. Yes, that's Why? what I'm saying. Why? Because it's a hot dog. It's not... What's the difference between a hot dog and bologna? Not much. Unless you no, get the... No na- <laughs> there he is, folks. He lasted 50 <laughs> minutes, but there he is. But there he is. Look. Uh, the- <laughs> Look. Unless it's natural casing, then it's not. I feel like I'm talking you into this. No, unless it's not. Na- no. Some bologna has not. Some bologna has natural casing. Yeah, and you peel it off. You don't need it. You liverwurst don't? has a liverwurst has a thing on it too. You peel off. Well, that's just gross. It is gross. Let me tell you a story. My grandma used to feed <laughs> no. me liverwurst and tell me it was bologna. I'm like, oh, this bologna's a little dark. It's really mushy too. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's did good though, isn't did it? Did you say you're full of bologna? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's good. You like it though, right? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I like it. It's okay. And then, and then when I found out, when I found out what it was, I was like, okay, I don't like it anymore. All right, so we agree. Uh, Hot dog is a sandwich. All right, great. (laughs) Next thing. (laughs) Next thing. Um, The uh, the race. Did you watch the race last night? I fell asleep to the race. Did you? It was a pretty good race, yeah. actually. I do know that I won. I came in twenty second place out of three thousand people in a DraftKings contest. And yeah, because you had you had Kyle Busch, who the DraftKings. No, I didn't have Kyle Busch. I thought you put in Kyle Busch. He started way in the back. No, I um, I put in Harvick. I had Harvick with um, Jimmy Johnson started thirty seventh, and he finished in the top ten. And. Uh, who else? William Byron started 34th and finished 12th. I had Reddick who finished 13th. Christopher Bell finished 11th and McDowell 17th. So, yeah. I'll take emails or tweets or DMs on who really does care about Joe's DraftKings lineup. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I know. I, I had I had, uh, I had Joey Logano who finished 6th. I can't stand Logano, but you gotta, I got to switch it up in the pool. I can only choose one driver three times. So... Anyway, right. uh, I mean, it's good, and just on the face of it, it's so good to see, even though there's no fans there, to see racing and pit stops and sports. I mean, even if you don't like the UFC, I bet you you're watching it type thing, right? Nah, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I watch it, I like it anyway, but yeah. Well, I enjoy it too, I just don't pay money for it. Like, I'll watch all the preliminary stuff. I'm not going to lie. I did pay for the pay-per-view the other Saturday. See, well, that's the big thing when bars open up. I got to go bar hopping with the wife. We took the bikes out. I'm fortunate enough to live in an area where we just ride our bikes and go bar hopping, which is great. And we got to watch the By bikes, UFC. he means tricycles. But no, go ahead. bicycles. Bicycles. Oh. Beach cruisers. 
Got okay. a cup holder in there. Got a phone holder. You can, you know, put an adult beverage in there and ride around. It is okay. Can't get yanked on that here. That I know nice. of. That no. I know of. <laughs> so, anyway, only time will tell. Anyway, uh, it's outdoor seating only, but it was a beautiful night. They had UFC on, man. That was so good. It was so nice. I was watching some UFC and just drinking a couple beers, getting food. We we had been deprived of going out and eating so much that we actually ate at two different places and then just drink beer at the rest. Well, I drank beer. She didn't drink beer. She just <laughs> she just was enjoying my company. So, God, oh, God bless, make sure you don't God, fall off your bike. God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's all we got today. Thanks for thanks for yes, if sir. you're still if you're still listening right now, you win, you win. High five, high fives all around. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate Armchair Media. Welcome aboard uh, the Nine Club. Welcome aboard Bet Online. Can't wait to get the Bet Online stuff started. Um, definitely excited about that. So thanks to all of you, of course, for listening. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Hot Dog is a Podcast. The Not. fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Hot dog is a hot dog. Period. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.